And now, a very special message from Watch Out for Fireballs. Hi, my name is Gary Butterfield. To my left here is Cole Ross. Hi. We would like to talk to you a moment about video game piracy. Did you know that the money lost from video game piracy could feed 14 dogs per year? That's enough money in cold hard cash to fill over three buckets. That's enough dogs to carry you around the world at least four times. And that's enough dogs to feed at least three people holding buckets. So when you pirate a game, you are taking money away from dogs and people. And you're also doing something with buckets. Those buckets, they're empty. Tragically empty. Right, and that doesn't mean you should fill them with ROMs, or ROM hacks, or, or downloads, emulations, .mpegs, mp3s, or movie industry files. Don't copy that floppy trademark. In most cases. However, uh, in, in, in one very special case, uh, we'd like to make one tiny exception. Because we're hypocrites. Because we're hypocrites. And that's when you take money from Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck, he's the 1%. He's everything we hate about America and everything we hate about ducks. And because of that, uh, we encourage you to download any .rom files from Google.com on your Windows 1995 of the NES DuckTales game. Because it's a good game. Because it's a good game. But if after you download this ROM, the internet police do catch you, don't tell them that you got this advice from Watch, Watch Out for Fireballs. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And this is Watched Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about the video game DuckTales, which was a side-scrolling platform game developed by Capcom for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1989. Yes, that many years uh, passed since AD before <laughs> DuckTales uh, graced us with its presence. Yes. Um, this game cast players as Scrooge McDuck. Um, and you're, you're venturing around the world in search of rare and ancient treasures. Um, they're guarded by a boss at the end of each stage. So it's kind of you know, pretty much a typical platformer. One of the neat things about the game is that you can choose the order in which you tackle the, the five levels. But certain items are needed uh, in different levels to progress in other levels. You kind of have to do some backtracking back and forth. What's interesting about the game, though, is that Scrooge is equipped with a cane that acts as kind of a rudimentary golf club. You can hit enemies with it. Uh, you can knock away obstacles from the environment. But most importantly, uh, the, claw, the, the cane can be used as a kind of a pogo stick to uh, stomp on enemies and uh, bounce around levels even higher and higher. Right, and that that kind of uh, that control scheme is probably the reason why this game has the amazing you know reputation that it does, and and a big contributing factor why it's so so good. Um, this very unique um, kind of uh, mobility and and offensive capability. And this game was developed by Capcom, kind of at the height of their their eight bit prowess, with Ducktales sharing some of the staff with the Mega Man franchise, including uh, Keiji Inafune. 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 
Inafune. I'm I'm not good at pronouncing Japanese names. <laughs> That's it's, fine. And I'm too good uh, at pronouncing them. <laughs> I know, it's true. I, <laughs> I didn't go to, to pronunciation camp for two weeks. Like, you know, every summer. It's, like a, did. it's a it's a hobby of mine to pronounce difficult names. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredibly bland. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? Hear that? Um, <laughs> I'm a catch. One of, yeah, one of, one of Cole's hobbies is pronouncing difficult names. Um, uh, how would you like to warm up next to that? Cold, cold Ohio night. Um, a sequel, aptly named DuckTales 2, was released in uh, 1993, uh, but it did not share the success or lasting legacy uh, of its predecessor, mostly uh, probably because uh, you know the NES was old news at that point, right? And we're actually kind of kind of do something a little bit strange for us. We're we're going to take a little bit of time and and talk about Ducktales too. We usually don't do more than one game uh, per episode, but uh, they're very similar. Um, I haven't heard almost anyone talk about Ducktales too, and uh, so we're, and Ducktales itself is pretty short. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the sequel as well. But uh, first, Cole, why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of DuckTales 1? The plot of DuckTales 1. I'm going to read to you from the manual, which I found uh, online, since uh, that's what we like to do with these incredibly simple uh, NES-type uh, games. We did it with, mm -hmm. uh, with, with uh, Super Mario Land 2. Uncle Scrooge is a world-class millionaire and a lover of adventure. His goal, this time, is to obtain the five lost treasures that were scattered throughout the world. Only five, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he is off on his adventure with the help of Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. They will travel with him through the jungles of the Amazon, the snow-topped peaks of the Himalayas, the haunted house in Transylvania, only one, the subterranean mines of Africa, and the surface of the moon. How many lost treasures will you be able to find? Hopefully five. Cause yeah, five or cause seven. There are five there, or seven. There are two hidden ones. Ooh, so Mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. The uh, if, if perhaps you can tell which of those stages uh, kind of doesn't belong there in, in, in that way. Um, I mean, I guess there, I guess there's two of them. I mean, the surface of the moon is, is stretching it, but the first one that I noticed is all these kind of real world locations, and then the haunted house of Transylvania, being being a famous uh, you know locale. Yeah, is is pretty pretty amusing to me. Well, maybe the um, fact that it sticks out is important to the plot and important to the progression of the game. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. hinting at it, even in the manual. Ah. That, that, that crafty Inafune. It was all right there. It was all, all right all there. The, yep, all, <laughs> we knew it all along. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to kind of, rather than just kind of going level by level, because um, there's, there's no, no narrative to speak of in this game. Not at all. Like, you are, you are just gathering money. <laughs> and, and that's a really kind of refreshing thing. Like, that's a, a real world, real world kind of motivation <laughs> for this game. Like, you, you, it's just greed. Just greed, you know, like you, you are just trying to, to amass money. This game is to uh, avarice what uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos is to gluttony. Yeah, is to, is to uh, plastic balls. Yeah. You know, this is the, uh, this is the, the Gordon Gecko game. You know, so you're just you're just going to these places to get money. So we are not going to, uh, like I said, there's no no story to speak of. We're just going to kind of talk about the levels, and uh, and kind of generalities, starting with the uh, the Amazon level, which I also always pick first. Yes, yeah. first here on the notes, but I always go Amazon first. Well, it's also so, at the top of the list too. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, so this is the Scrooge going through um, what kind of starts out as a, a jungle environment and then eventually uh, kind of encapsulates um, a series of ruins above and below ground. Um, you're going to fight um, gorillas, uh, prana plants, and most annoyingly, uh, bees. Giant bees that are the size of Scrooge's torso. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and will knock you out of the sky. Yeah, this has that Mega Man. You know, I guess most 8 bit platformers do this thing where you get hit and you get knocked back, you know, a few feet. Um, and, and that's kind of a Capcom. I feel like Capcom kind of, well, I guess Castlevania did it first. But uh, Castlevania did a, it first and worst. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I guess that's true. Um, but it you know is a big big hallmark for these epic platformers, and uh, it's annoying here as well. Yeah, it's it's especially annoying because they can knock you off of vines too. Like if you're climbing up and down the the, the vines in this in this uh, area, um, you know there are some tricky jumps that you have to do off of the vines to get uh, some optional treasures. Well, not so optional in this in this one. Uh, in this level, mm. because you do have to have a certain amount of money in order to pay a statue to pass. So, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it does get very frustrating as you're trying to uh, traverse a lot of these, a lot of these areas while these bees are knocking you down left and right. What uh, what Cole's referring to is that there's a, a midpoint in this level where you run into a an ancient, uh, you know, statue. I don't know what a, like a Mayan statue um, style. And uh, it demands a certain ransom to, to allow you to pass. And kind of a, a pro tip, you can actually avoid playing, paying that ransom. Um, if you backtrack a bit and trick an enemy into following you, you can pogo off its head and get up to, get to the vine. Um, but it's not, it's not stated. And it kind of, that's kind of one of the first uh, showings in this game of one of the really neat things. Is this game is loaded with, with hidden stuff. Mm-hmm. Hidden stuff and optional kind of content. Not optional content, but um, kind of little workarounds and secrets like that. And that is uh, one of the first ones. Yeah, I, I guess if I was more observant, I would have seen that. But then again, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, it's totally it's totally optional. And yeah. losing that, you know, if you have the money, it doesn't uh, it doesn't hurt anything to pay the statue. Yeah, that's true. You know, that, there's no re- there's no reward for getting enough money in this in this game. No, I thought know? money was cumulative, so I thought, well, okay, well, I'll just run, I'll just run back to uh, to what's his name with the jester hat and have him take me out, then run through the level again, and I'll have it, you know, all of amassed enough. Are you talking about uh, uh, launchpad? Yeah, yeah. With the jester hat. That, that's what that's what it looks like he has on. Yeah, I don't he's know. Like he's wearing like little flight goggles. Like a little flight goggles. It's yeah. a weird sprite. Yeah, I suppose. I was, I was more a fan of Darkwing Duck than DuckTales when I was yeah. young. <laughs> um, this is just a, one of the one of the many differences in colonized age. This is the generation gap. You're more of a Darkwing Duck guy. I'm more of a DuckTales guy. Grew, I actually like Darkwing Duck better as well. You grew um, up. You grew up in the late '70s. I grew up yeah. in the mid '70s. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gummy bears, and you're uh, I, I don't know, tailspin. So that's uh, Launchpad McQuack, who's kind of, you know, uh, Scrooge in the cartoon. He's kind of Scrooge's, you know, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is my man. He just kind of does things for him, flies him around. Yeah. Um, you can run into him during the levels and he can, uh, for a certain fee, he will f- fly you back to the stage select. Yeah. That is how you exit a level once you've begun. There's not a lot of reason to do that. I didn't end up using it once this this playthrough, and I remember doing it when I was younger, but mostly just you know sometimes literally on accident, <laughs> clicking yes on on accident, and then sometimes just kind of to see what would happen. But there's not a huge reason to do that. I could see it being useful if you didn't have save states and you got frustrated and you just wanted to go try another level. Yeah, um, this game isn't too too frustrating, um, but it can get kind of tricky. 
Yeah. And it's and and kind of uh, this is the first level that you know, I believe most people do, and it's definitely the trickiest as well. Um, with those jumps, there's a there's a part where a launch pad is flying back and forth on a helicopter with a rope hanging down, and you have to jump onto the rope, uh, grab onto it, and then jump off the other side. And that is a definitely a tricky little bit of platforming. Another tricky bit of platforming, but what is one of the most memorable sections of the game for me uh, is when you Indiana Jones it away from a uh, away from a boulder that is chasing you down a very narrow hallway with spikes on it. Yeah, you, you, um, a boulder starts, starts following you and kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're going along and then you see some thorns in the ceiling so you can't jump. And then you see uh, thorns on the floor so you have to jump. And you have to get on your pogo stick and kind of uh, rapidly bounce over it. And it's, re- it's pretty tricky but really, really fun and cool. I still remember doing that when I was young and I played this God knows how many years ago. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a that's a real cool part. So so after you kind of finish navigating, uh, mostly like kind of vine puzzles and uh, and some some other platforming, you get to the boss, and uh, it's a giant uh, statue, like a giant uh, one of these Mayan Incan. It's Omec. Know, Omec, yeah, giant giant statues that kind of runs around and tries to stomp on you. Um, this would kind of tie into. I mean, we haven't really talked too much of generalities. Um, I love this game. I think this game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one of the few things that are negative that I can think to say about it is the bosses are kind of uninspired. Yeah. Uh, and kind of samey. In, so, the, so, in the notes, yeah. I have this labeled as Stompy Boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he floats up and tries to stomp on you and, and you easily dodge him and then poke onto his head. Yeah. So at, at least at least this is, you know, they 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 hadn't figured out figured out how to do the Toro boss in this one yet. Although yeah. <laughs> I'm although I'm sure if that was a convention they would have lure him into the wall and then while he's done then you hit him. <laughs> yeah, they they pretty much just kind of did the same same thing. There's just kind of two boss uh, you know, variations. Yeah. This one. Um but the uh yeah, you know, you you fight the boss and you get the the hidden treasure for the Amazon, which is a pendant or a staff. I I can't remember a scepter. A, a shiny thing to mark your progress. Yeah, so it's some kind of shiny, one of the five shiny things um, that you have to get. Transylvania will be next uh, next area we have on our list. Yeah, some of my favorite music in the game. Yeah, I mean, this not, is... not my favorite music in the game. Everybody has, everybody knows what their favorite music in the game is. Yeah, it's it's this this game. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the strengths too. But the music in this game is great, yeah. and and on every level. Like uh, every, I mean, not on every level, like, you know, it works as, as a classical masterpiece, but it also works as a, you know, but I mean, I every wept stage. openly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, when I heard the all strings arrangement of uh, the African mind theme, I, but the, um, the, all of the music on every stage is really great. And uh, this stage is no exception. You're, you're in Transylvania in a haunted house, you know, you're fighting uh, mummies and skeletons and everything. They're all, they're all ducks as well. You know, so these these ducks have been mummified. Um, I really kind like... of weird. Yeah, does that mean that the the ducks in so there are there are dogs and there are you know other animals in the Disney universe, but the mummies are all ducks. Does that mean that ducks are modern day Egyptians? Maybe I think I think that uh, ducks are just the most advanced of the species in the Disney universe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, seemingly so. Unlike those like criminal dogs, and then you know, well, the rescue rangers are pretty advanced. Yeah, they're pretty advanced, but they're not really. I mean, it's it's kind of kind of like Ewoks, you know. It's yeah, it's kind of like they're they're the halflings <laughs> of the of the uh, Disney universe. Yeah, and they, these are the humans. I really like how you take out the mummy, the 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 mummy brutes. 
you know? Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. Because they've got a ball and chain on them, and you and you uh, use your club, you, you use your cane as a golf club to whack it mm-hmm. against them. Um, and you, that's that was always satisfying whenever I did it in the game, even if it was never difficult, and even when it was always apparent that I was supposed to do it. Like, oh boy, mm-hmm. there's an enemy that is at a 45 degree angle in front of me. I wonder what I should do with this rock. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they'll put treasure chests up there as well. Um, you know, they they plan out for it, but it's always really fun. Um, it's kind of the, just talking about a little bit of the utility of your cane in this. Um, you know, the pogo sticking is what you're going to do for most uh, most fights, and it's it's the standard jump on enemies kind of thing like Mario, except you have this extra step of uh, adding the the pogo to it, and it gives you a lot of jump height if you jump off of an enemy, which is a difference. But you also have some other utility. And one of the things you can do is if you hit an item, certain items, if you hit them like a golf club, they will slide on the ground and certain ones will fly up. And uh, in this case, you can, we're talking about hitting these mummies and by their own ball and chain and it causes them to spin, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. That, that's what I got out of it. It's like you hit the chain, it unravels them and then they <laughs> die, which is really, really cool. And then just like a really charming little character animation. Lots of personality with limited sprites. They, uh, you, you can tell that this is something Capcom did. Uh, yeah, Capcom was very good at uh, uh, the economy, uh, you know, use, use, using those pixels economically. Right. Um, this is the first level where a lot of your kind of supporting characters show up. Um, the last level, Launchpad was there, but you also run into um, a couple of your your annoying nephews <laughs> in this one who give you, you know, some some classic uh, non hint, <laughs> you know, video game things. So. So you run into one that tells you that there is an illusionary wall no, without no. telling you where it is. Mm, it doesn't say there's an illusionary wall. Oh, what what does say, he say? There's an illusion wall. Oh, okay. Exclamation mark. There's a yes. difference. Yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's an illusion wall. <laughs> um, it's a wall that references walls of the past. Um, the, uh, uh, so you, so there, there's kind of that kind of hidden stuff in this, this level. This is the level with the most of that kind of trickery. There's, there's hidden walls. There's teleporting mirrors. Um, in it. And there's ways like if you if you take the wrong path, you will very easily wind up back at the beginning of the level, which made it feel like a lot bigger and a lot more complex than it actually was. And because the the actual the mechanics are so fun and because the levels are relatively compact, that was never that frustrating. Like if you got to a choice of two mirrors and you took the wrong one, it set you back a little bit. It was an easy matter to get back to where you were and choose the right one. It wasn't as bad as like the the mysterious forest in uh, Zelda or the uh, the eighth uh, Bowser Castle in uh, right, or, Mario. Right, or those fi- we were talking about in the Final Fantasy VI levels. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And those dungeons where you know just one choice would send you back, and then you'd fight like seven random encounters between that. Ooh. And this one, you just hop on some skeletons and done and done. Yep. Um, <laughs> one of the nice touches in this level too is that there are. Uh, kind of two uh coffins that stand up and if you hit them with your golf club sometimes you'll get treasure but other times you'll release a ghost like ghost of the uh the duck that died there uh <laughs> presumably comes to haunt you a little bit yeah and uh for yeah. desecrating its final resting place yeah yeah <laughs> yep. this, um, this is also then this level has a lot of the neat little stuff like that because this is also the one with the suits of armor oh yeah, yeah. i always like those too there are these suits of armor and if you hit them uh sometimes their heads will turn into treasure chests there's no real explanation for that. But yeah. other times, uh, their helmets will fall towards you, and you get kind of a split second to jump out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. Yeah. So it's a really complex level, like more more complex than I remember it being, like when I see it all listed here in front of me, like I see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I don't like about this level, though, is the boss. 
Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she has the. Um, it's it's for a character from the actual show, unlike the uh, the Amazon level, which unless uh, you know Ducktales historians can correct me, but I think that was made up for the game. No, I think the boss from the Amazon level is from Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was a crossover. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Or the the Ducktales movie, which I've never seen, but there's a coffee shop by my work that, uh, <laughs> and they have in their their uh, their section of like books and items to sell. So it's just this little coffee shop that's owned by, uh, you know, uh, uh, this Korean couple and they have all these books that you can buy and they're like the terrible, most terrible books. It's like the, you know, the bottom 10% of a Salvation Army's book section. And then they have a jigsaw puzzle for the DuckTales movie and it's priced at something like, you know, $25 oh, or no. something like that. Like, and I'm, I can look at it and know that it's got, you know, maybe 60% of the pieces and, <laughs> and it's just, it's just so, so weird. Like they're just, you know found this this uh this stuff so but it was the first i was like oh there's a ducktales movie it's about yeah. you know finding hidden treasure do, do you know do you know how like weird my sense of money is the fact <laughs> that the, the fact that, that, that you is want me 20- to go buy it for you and mail it to you <laughs> no no the fact that that's 25 dollars is prohibitively expensive to me but if it was 15 dollars, i would seriously consider buying it yeah it's, <laughs> it's always funny when you make when like those little tiny differences between like a couple of dollars yeah you know will make um and yeah. that's why the app store works the way it does yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that, is, that is definitely that is 100 percent true yeah that's why I, I i give steam well not so much anymore but it gives steam it's such a ridiculous amount of money yeah. every christmas and fourth of july <laughs> yeah um, and halloween and every weekend on gog and yeah yep um i don't even own a windows pc and i give money to these to these people i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fighting the good fight yes i am um, but this is this uh, boss fight is uh, not the good fight. This nope. is the the uh, with with magic and a spell who is kind of like a a witch character from the show. Yeah. Um, she casts magic and here she she is a vulture and uh, she kind of goes back and forth as a vulture. And you just kind of have to hope that she's low enough to pogo on. Yep. Otherwise, you just kind of run around getting hit and then die. Not very dissimilar to the uh, to the nightmare fight, actually, in uh, Metroid Fusion, if you are uh, playing along at home. Like in, like where you had to hope that like it the, the, that oh. he approached you at the right level. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, world's easier. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And, and we're in, and world's like less annoying. Yeah, like, this is an annoying fight by Ducktale standards, mm-hmm. not by Metroid Fusion standards. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing, <laughs> nothing is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this this is not not so bad. Yeah, <laughs> for that, a second there, I was like, whoa, that's like Cole had a real hard time with this fucking <laughs> Ducktales game. No, no, that's yeah. There's no comparison. It's like trying to. Uh, Trying to measure the uh, the distance between between here and the gas station and uh, nano angstroms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so after so. after that, uh, uh, you got that treasure, and uh, Scrooge decides that there's a wealth of blood diamonds <laughs> in Africa, and decides to exploit workers. He's going to um, he's going to check on his on his overseas investments because this is a this yeah. is a mine that he owns. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, and, and he does not care how many ducks or dogs have to die. So he gets his, uh, so he can sell Zales, yep. their diamonds for their, their yearly harvest. Um, so you go to the African mines, um, which is, there's a real weird, annoying thing in this, this thing. And, and this is one of the most perplexing design decisions in this game. Um, when you show up there, you're almost immediately met by a door and one of your nephews, and your nephew just says, uh, there's a key in Transylvania. And then you teleport to Transylvania. <laughs> now, now, I don't know. Do, do, 
Can you grab the key before you go to the African mines or do you always get transported back to Transylvania? So I don't think so. And the reason why I'm going to say that you can't is because to kind of refresh my memory before I watched this, I watched a speed run. Me too. Or before we recorded. And in the speed run, he went to the African mines first and then got shunted to Transylvania. So I think that first teleporting mirror you run into in Transylvania will take you to the key room only after you know about it. Oh, yeah. So what 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 a weird decision, though. Like, what is that adding to the game? It's adding fake complexity. It's adding fake complexity, and you, it, I can't even really accuse them of padding it because it only takes you, you know, uh, two minutes to go get the, the key. It's just, I don't know, you go back to Transylvania a lot. It's the Narsh of, of DuckTales <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> just want to see what's happening with Dracula Duck. Going in yeah. to check in. Kind of worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's, he's had a rough week. But yeah, so after you grab the skeleton key, you go back to the African mines, which I... Uh, did this seem like the shortest episode, like the shortest thing in the entire world? Like the shortest level? Yeah, it's a, it's a real small level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. Yeah. None of the levels are, are long. You can beat this whole game in about an hour, you know, maybe a little bit longer without yeah. too much of a problem. Yeah. But this is definitely the shortest level in the game. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they added the Transylvania bit. Oh, they knew. They, I they, guess. They, like they, it literally was a little bit of padding. Like they're just like, man, you'll be done with this in 45 seconds if we don't, you know, add this. It's a little bit of back training. They didn't have enough pages on their on on their on their papers, so they bumped the margins up to one point two five. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, they're using a uh, Helvetica fourteen. <laughs> yeah, um, um, font jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, ladies, um, if you if you can't get enough of us uh, pronouncing difficult to pronounce names, <laughs> wait until you hear our font humor. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then you, you fight uh, uh, this weird king slug thing at the end, and it is a, a, a classic. You know, the the boss rolls around the perimeter of the room, and uh, you know, it's similar. There's a boss exactly like it in Mario Land Two. Was it like the witch? Um, I thought it was maybe the rat. Oh, the rat does it. I think yeah. the rat crawls around the borders of the room, and then yeah. sometimes, uh, sometimes he switches, sometimes he drops down. Yeah, I think there we go. That that that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So, except this one, there, there's there, there's no pipes for him to go into and out of. So you just have to hope that he drops from the ceiling. It's kind of a variant on Stompy Boss, but yeah, yeah, they're all. I mean, they're mostly variants on on Stompy <laughs> Boss. There's a couple other variants, but he's unimpressive. I know he's from an episode of the cartoon, but I don't remember anything. You know, any of the lore. Yeah. Of it. I just know they ran into this guy. So we need to get a Ducktales historian on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from the Royal DuckTales <laughs> Historical Society. Um, it's kind of the idea of uh, Scrooge going to Africa, going down into this guy's kingdom, killing him and taking his treasure is kind of strange. Like, you... This is the the only person who's definitely like the, the regent of this this area. <laughs> he's obviously an authority figure. He's wearing a crown, for God's sake. Yeah, he's got a crown and a scepter and a little cape. Yeah. I mean, it's adorable, <laughs> but it's, he's, he's still sentient. But, <laughs> exactly. You know. I, you, you say good song, and I'm, I think, automatically think we're going to the moon. Right. <laughs> Classic. God. Man, I can't wait to talk about the moon. 
<laughs> you know, I can't wait for, <laughs> for four minutes in the future. <laughs> and then if you're listening to this, fast forward four minutes and hear us talking about that and then rewind and listen to this boring ass yeah. bit about the Himalayas. <laughs> Did you like uh, the Himalayas? Did you like the Himalayas? I mean, like yeah, not, not like, like literally. I mean, I, I love the Himalayas as a region, like reading about it and the culture and Tibet and all that. But the, this level. How is do that feel? true? Yeah, did you just say that, or is that actually a thing? No, that's that's talk? that's that's true. I like it. It's, it, oh, it's, it's interesting. Ladies, yeah, what this... is up with this? Is I don't know what it is about you <laughs> revealing all of the most bland facts about yourself. This episode, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Snow Leopard. It's an amazing book. I recommend it yeah. to everybody, and everybody hates me because I do it. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I mean, I, but do you like the, this level in the game? No, you know, it's not. It's not my favorite. It's it's got some of the underground stuff is neat like it's really big yeah I like that and it, it, yeah, I like that um, it's easy to if there's a part where you go down a pit and if you press right in time you can skip a large portion of the level oh really which is kind of nice yeah like there's a little like a side branching mm-hmm. little thing like it's one of the biggest levels but uh, it does have its its share of frustrations one of which are these spiders that. Um, you have some kind of tricky, you know, you're in the bottom, you're underground and it's ice level. So you slide around and, uh, you had to jump between platforms and there are spiders that hang between them that descend to block you, but they're really hard to kind of bait out. Like usually when a spider is doing that, you bait it out. So it goes down and then while it's on its way back up, you jump out. But these are really, really difficult to do that with. I found they don't have the kind of like natural latency of like a thwomp in a Mario game. Right, a thwomp. That's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Is a thwomp, but yeah, they're not. They're a little bit more nimble, and uh, yeah, just like it, it matches you pretty, 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 pretty uh, thoroughly on the on the Y axis. Right, so. and then when you when you run into them, you fall. You're conveniently located above a pit. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, always and forever. Right. The the other big thing that I that, that I didn't like about this level is that it took away the, the the most unique part about the game for large portions of it. Which is that, you know, when, when you're outside and when you're, you know, kind of traversing the snow, if you attempt to pogo, um, you actually get stuck. Right. And, and you have to yank the you have to yank the cane out and then it just uh, keeps you from being able to progress. Um, my, my natural mode of, you know, transport in this game, whether I needed to or not, was to pogo. Right. Because it's, it's ridiculously fun. Yeah. Fun to do. I, I actually kind of like the, that snow a little bit that you get caught in the snow. Like the the and the. Sprite of Scrooge stuck in the snow is adorable, for one. <laughs> uh, for two, it's, it does the kind of thing, and this is something that, you know, when I started paying attention to how games are designed, I'm not, you know, when I started paying attention to this, you know, I'm not any kind of expert. But when I started when I kind gained of, an appreciation for the craft. Yeah, yeah exactly. When I, when I started thinking about game design at all, and I'm not saying I'm a great thinker of it, but when I, when I started at all, one of the things I noticed with platformers is that a big part of them is training you to do something and then subverting you, like introducing you to situations where that won't work. Mm-hmm. So kind of the classic thing with that is um, in Super Mario Brothers, um, you kill enemies by jumping on them, and then they introduce the spiny enemies. And it, it telegraphs that you can't jump on them because they have spikes all over their back, mm-hmm. but you have to come up with a new way to to deal with them. Um, or then you run into like the uh, the beetles in that, which you can't kill with fireballs. Like they're immune to fireballs, but you have to jump on them. But you know they deal with the you know they give you these ways to deal with enemies, and then kind of uh, you know tell you the situations where that won't work. And that's kind of what I thought of with this, where there's just kind of this is your way of usually getting around, but this is just kind of one time where you have to, you know, not rely on that. It gets really frustrating though because you start running into these kind of yeti creatures, and they're a little bit too tall to jump over without pogoing. 
Like they're really hard to jump over. And they this game has a problem with spawning at the edge of the screen where a monster will spawn. If you back up a little bit to avoid it and then go forward again, it spawns again. Like anything that gets off the screen will respawn. Is that a this game problem or is that a NES problem? That's an NES problem. Okay. I mean, there are game there are games that don't do it, you know. But this that's it's a big it's a big thing with a lot of NES platformers. Yeah. So that becomes hard without being able to pogo over them. You know, you definitely take some mandatory hits from those things. Yeah. I have a I have a note here on the le- on my legal pad uh, beside me uh, that I brought to this uh, hotel room. Uh, so I could transcribe my notes. Um, I, I want you to tell me if you can uh, figure out what I was referring to with this with, with, with these with these three words. I put "oh no, comma can't." <laughs> um, oh no, can't. Oh no, it... oh no, can't. Was that something somebody said? Was there somebody saying something like that in the level? Oh, you know what? Yeah, you, this is you run into a really obscure character uh, named Bubba. Okay. Who's the weird like cave duck? Did you run into him? I think I may you have. You don't have to in this in this level, but you can. Okay. And he introduces you to a treasure, and he might say something like that. Oh. Because um, he can't get through a, uh, or he's stuck in some ice, and you have to hit uh, a rock at him to free him. Okay. And uh, maybe he says something like that. He's a caveman. It, your your note kind of sounds like cave speak. <laughs> well, that's just how I take notes. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's that's what that is. Or yeah. maybe you just said it after you jumped in the snow for the first time. <laughs> oh, no, can't. <laughs> ah, ah, oh, boy. Oh, oh. can't. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, gosh, yeah, you, you, you fought those yetis uh, that respond at the edge of the screen. And then you had to fight a yeti at the uh, as, as the boss on this one, right? And the Umaro cam- cameo. <laughs> yeah. In this in this game. And it's a cool fight. Like he, he there's a there's a whole bit about, you know, not only avoiding him, but also avoiding uh, snowballs that fall from the ceiling. Yeah. He's, he punches the wall and. He's a uh, reverse kaboom. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, a good way, good way to put it. So, so with another uh, native creature dead, and and blood <laughs> rusting on your uh, on your cane, um, you head off to space, and you head to the moon, <laughs> and and you get to hear the the uh, what is what is classically regarded and rightly so as some of the best video game music in the history of video game music. Yes. Since there have been video games, there is no song that is more highly regarded than this other than, I guess, the Final Fantasy VI opera and my stalwart favorite, the uh, uh, Starlight Zone of uh, Sonic 1. Oh, yeah, th- those are those are both good songs. This is definitely in my, my top ten video game music yeah. things. And, and uh, this, is, this is a great song. There's all kinds of like crazy covers of it and everything. Um, we posted a couple of them on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, it inspires a lot of creativity. There's a lot of like weird arrangements. Like in a kind of a nice little bit of synergy, there was a a guy did an arrangement of what this would sound like if it was in Final Fantasy VI. It sounded so amazing he, too. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like he did the same kind of instrument palette and an arrangement. And there's also a Sonic one, you know, in in, uh, in addition to like what you had said with the Sonic. There's a Sonic version of it as well. Oh wow! Um, and just really neat. Like this 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 music inspires uh you know a lot of the Advantage, which is a video game music cover band. They do a really good cover of it. Um, uh, is there a Mario Paint version of it? Oh, I, I'm guaranteed. Yeah, there is. I, okay. I have listened to a Mario Paint version. Okay, you have cool. to transpose the key to do the Mario Paint version because yeah. Mario Paint only does C. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is this is a great, uh, great little song. In addition to having like awesome music, though, the the moon is a really cool stage as well. 
Um, you get to go, you know, you're fighting it, it automatically, you know, you're kind of in these real world locations for the most part. And now you're fighting aliens and you're exploring a, a spaceship in this. And it kind of, you know, the, the spaceship part, you know, when you're doing that is kind of felt a little bit different than the rest of the, the game. You do a little bit more backtracking. There's like a locked door that you have to get through. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. And there's kind of more hidden areas in this. There's a couple of walls you can jump over to get to. Um, including a really, there's hidden treasures in the game. There's a really cool hidden one that you get to, um, if you get out of the spaceship, you jump on aliens that are floating in the air and make your way out to a, a kind of a bridge, um, which holds a, a treasure. Um, that's hmm. to kind of to the upper right of the, uh, the spaceship. If you get those hidden treasures, I think I remember reading this in the research, you get a different ending, right? Uh, you have to amass a certain amount of money. So okay. you have to get both the hidden treasures and you have to get over a hundred million dollars okay. and then you get a you get a a special ending which is mildly different it it's is just it's pretty much different it's the same different, ending different but writing well scrooge is wearing a little crown oh okay is the, yeah, the, the slug the slug king's crown yeah presumably so son of a bitch presumably from some de- deposed uh <laughs> king either that or the world has just decided since he has a hundred million dollars that he is now you know worthy <laughs> a landowner and we, we just decided to give it to him i'm um, gonna give him the vote um, yeah, the vote, <laughs> the, uh, the the single, yeah. the single vote. Um, I found this stage to be incredibly disorienting um, yeah. when I played it. I'm I, you know, I'm not an incredibly smart individual, uh, but I'm also not incredibly dumb. But I, had, I I ended up having to circle around that UFO a lot before I found the uh, the remote control that you need. Yeah, the the, the it does look kind of samey. Yeah. Like the corridors look the same, so it is. I can see that. Um, what you're referring to is that uh, you have to get a remote control to, to call Gizmo Duck to uh, cut down a wall. And kind of an annoying thing, like that wall is not very much taller than you can jump <laughs> over there. Like it seems like you should be able to get over it without getting Gizmo Duck. That's every game, though. Yeah, I know. It's like it was, it's, and if it were Gears of War, if it was a <laughs> knee high wall, you couldn't get over it. So yeah. and this at least is, you know, a 20 foot wall. Yeah. Um, but it does, you know, that is a nice little cameo from Gizmo Duck, who is one of my favorite characters from the. Uh, the cartoon when i watched it whatever old man yeah. <laughs> I, I love darkwing duck i, I was a little i was a comic book kid but i just uh and that's why i liked gizmo duck because he's pretty much iron man oh uh, that's true um he's, he's the ducktales iron man <laughs> yeah i was just kidding you know just funny yeah. just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with a bit but, that's all right, old. Um, <laughs> but uh, i like the boss in this level though moon rats yeah you fight a giant giant moon rat in order to get moon cheese <laughs> That's the treasure that's on the moon is cheese. Yes, it is. It's green moon yep. cheese. Yep. It's treasure that you can find on the moon. You can find it at Safeway. Um, you can find you can find it at any uh, local green grocer. Moon pie. What, yes. a, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, cool boss fight. Yeah. You know, and it is. Uh, he does the um, he comes out. Is this where he comes out of the different different holes? in the wall i forget i think you're thinking of the rap from super mario land yeah so, yeah who it actually it... plays like yeah and there, there's a weird lot of crossover between those bosses and these bosses i feel wow. like they're real similar i need to look at the credits see if any of these people were uh were uh were plagiarizing this might be corporate espionage gary oh yeah yeah r&d too decided to uh <laughs> to rip off capcom but after you have amassed every single treasure that there is in the world all five of them mm-hmm. yep. you they're, they're all taken from you yeah and don't they just kind of like just get sucked out of you like isn't there a scene where you're in your little weird control den and they just kind of 
you go into your like panic sprite and they just kind of fall out of you i think like just uh, somebody vacuums them away from you and then you get the uh, on your little heads up display and the level select that says Mwahaha, i have taken all of them find me in yeah. transylvania fuck and and you'll never guess who it was who took them all like this is one of the weird like most i didn't really realize it when i was little but replaying it uh-huh. like this is one of the most left turn endings <laughs> of, of a game like is this the most surprising end boss like we we spend a lot of time th- talking about like Final Fantasies where it's like oh it's not Kuja it's a giant like space tumor, you know or or what have you. But like, is there a more surprising and boss than Dracula did it? <laughs> like what? I, Dracula? I don't. Uh, I have a hard time considering it to be like a surprise because like for it to be a surprise, they would have to be like leading me in a direction to like like figure out what to expect. And, you know, putting myself into a position where I don't know that Dracula or Dracula Duck is the is the is the final boss. I don't know what logically should be the boss of DuckTales. I, um, I guess that's true. So so <laughs> it might, true. so so and so it doesn't throw me off because it might like you, you say why I say why not. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, before it was just like, a, you know, a, 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 you know, African slug and a moon rat and stuff like that. Like, I guess, you know, there's not really that much of a precedent. But it's weird that they didn't do some kind of boss fight because I mean, it's getting a little ahead of ourselves. But you do fight. Scrooge does have a rival. Like, there, there is an arch villain for Scrooge McDuck. And he does appear in the game, but he's you don't fight him. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just hangs out in <laughs> Dracula's castle uh, yeah. waiting for you to fight Dracula. Hmm. So... Real weird. Like, I, I don't know. It, when I think about it, I mean, I guess I didn't notice it was weird at the time, but in looking at it again, never in my in my wildest dreams, I imagine that the end boss of DuckTales is Dracula. But it takes you back to Transylvania for the third time. Yeah, it's just weak. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's a, it's a weak move on their part. It's a cop-out. Yeah, I'm not that interested in what's happening in Narsh. No. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I would have liked an end stage that, you know, and then, or or change up that stage, or do something with it. Um, yeah, this is pretty dumb. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, and I, and I forgot like where the illusion wall was. You know. Yeah. And, never and, fun to kind of just go, you know, bouncing around trying to to find something like that again. To, to just to, to just grow up around trying to find invisible walls and riding mine carts that'll knock you off if you don't duck at the right time and magic mirrors right. and all of that although it's a pretty harrowing tale because you know you you have a time limit on each of these stages which isn't really a problem but uh when i beat dracula duck um i only had two seconds to spare on the clock that's pretty yeah that's pretty that's pretty awesome like that's probably a nice uh uh, uh instance of that actually adding to the game like most of the time you know time limits have been phased out and for good reason you know in in most cases and uh you know that, that it, it sounds like it probably added a little bit of intensity to that. I think. I mean, it's the time limits. Those. I mean, can we disagree that those that that's a holdover from uh, from the arcade days, kind of like lives? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely can. Even though it's interesting when they when they you know Nintendo has a weird philosophy of not giving up those holdovers mm-hmm. because every Mario game has lives and they haven't needed them for you know ten years, and then uh, Super Mario Land 3D has time limits, and the, what? you know, yeah. And I don't know if it's like a cultural thing. Like, I mean, I notice a lot in Japanese games, like a Japanese game will be more prone to have like a time attack mode. Yeah. Or to, you know, if it's optional. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's fine, but it doesn't, doesn't add much to the actual, you know, in the level gameplay. Yeah. 
No, I'm still offended. I don't care if it's optional. Don't 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 hurry me. I don't like pressure. <laughs> but uh so you beat Dracula Duck. I don't remember him being incredibly difficult, really. He's he's, he's not too tough. It's a nice little um test of of the bouncing mechanics because he uh spits out little bats that you had to bounce on to get onto him. So you have to be pretty good with your pogo play. Yeah. To get up there, but yeah, it's not too tough. And then your your uh, your rival comes out, who his name isn't Glomgold, but I always wanted to be Glomgold. <laughs> Glomgold. I Glomgold. Um, what is that guy's name? No, it is uh, Flintheart Glomgold. Oh, it is Glomgold. Yeah, excellent. Scrooge um, must stop Flintheart from receiving the treasure before he does. Yes, he's got a Flintheart and he gloms gold. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Glomgold shows up and and he just he. Uh, Magic of Dispel carries him up towards your treasure, and you get to climb a vine. Oh, I and love really, that. Yeah. Yep. And you, you just have to uh, get up to the top. And it's kind of a nice little, like, final race. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to the treasure. And that's uh, that's the end of the game. That's DuckTales. That is you get the... You your ending. You get, the, you, you, you get your heartwarming ending, where, uh, where Scrooge McDuck, now that he has all the treasures in the world, finally decides, and he says, I quote... Right, lads. I couldn't have done it without you. I really am the richest duck in the world. Yeah, which he's rich. He's rich with nephews, and also with uh, diamonds and gold and crowns and all those yeah. things. Which I take. I take umbrage at them trying to put that moral in. You know. Yeah, I could have. I could have done it without you. <laughs> yeah. you, stupid little idiots! Like I could have done it without any of you. Uh, like, with, your, with your broken English hints. No, but yeah. but but normally, but normally when somebody says like, "Oh, I'm so rich because of my family," it means that they they don't have anything else. Yeah, I know. He's, he's he's so rich and his family. Yeah, not because of just like rubbing it in. Yeah, there's no there's no correlation there, Scrooge. Yeah, there just happen to be two things you happen to have. What just, other things are good in your life, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> like quit bragging. Just just because I can hold two ideas in my head doesn't mean that they are. Uh, related. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Basic I, logic, I, Scrooge. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that's your ending. Um, as we had said before, if you got all the treasures, which are the five from the land and then two hidden ones, and then ended with over $100 million, uh, Scrooge has a little crown. There's actually an incredibly rare, weird hidden ending uh, for this game if you end the game with zero dollars. Burr? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a very difficult to do because uh, one of the things we didn't talk about in the game is that pretty much any time you're walking, if you touch any piece of air, diamonds fly out of it. Um, <laughs> so there are lots of diamonds just lying around. There's lots of diamonds that just pop up when you jump. Treasure chest full of diamonds everywhere. But if you end up with zero dollars, which the way you do it is you pay someone you... Uh, We'll we'll link to the the YouTube of it. I'll send it to Cole so we can have it in his, in his show notes. But you pretty much get very little money and then pay the uh, go back to um, Duckburg cost over and over and over oh. until eventually you can you can end up with zero dollars and you get another ending. Okay, uh, which is not that spectacularly different. It's almost like a it's almost like a, a, a you know it's only there for people who cheat. Like it's really hard to get without cheating. Well, I mean, what's Weird is it was written by O'Henry, so he sold his he, <laughs> he he sold his hair to buy the watch chain, and then Huey, Dewey, and Louie they bought him the combs, but then they didn't have the watch, so it's yeah, gift of the mallard. <laughs> so 
So, I mean, do we want to talk about like general positives or in general negatives? Because I, I don't, I don't really feel like there's a lot to, I mean, a lot to say about it that we haven't already said. I mean, yeah, we, we can we talk can... about its place in the pantheon. Yeah, we can. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, the uh, as far as you know, just kind of uh, uh, you know the the for those of you who didn't play games at this time, this was this weird point in time when like licensed games weren't automatically shit. <laughs> like sometimes they were Total Recall for Nintendo, but a lot of times they were like Ducktales or, or I mean, if they were made by Capcom, they were they were the Capcom Disney games are great. Yeah, and almost all of them are are really great. This is the best one, I think by far. You know, and then, the, but that's just a uh, measure of their quality because this is one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. Like, this is in my top ten Nintendo games, easy. Yeah, and uh, all of them are really good, though. It's the kind. It's kind of tragic that licensed games have gone away because I mean, this isn't exclusive to Capcom in this era. I mean, if you look at the uh, the Aladdin game or the uh, or, or the Lion King game on the Genesis and uh, SNES, both of those are fantastic, and I think like you know, not on this level, but approaching that. Right, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. And there have been some kind of licensed games like later that are are pretty good, but it's it's just gotten so rare. Yeah, you know, like the um like the Spider Man two game. Oh, was yeah, really fun. That was great. That game's great. Chronicles um, of Riddick, although that was barely yeah, yeah, yeah. anything beside the game. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. But they, I mean, there are there are some kind of later ones that are really fun. Yeah. But it's just it's gotten really rare, and there's this kind of golden age for Nintendo. They were so good. I guess the only real bad one was the Tailspin one. Not only is that the low point of the Disney afternoon, but it's definitely the low point of those, those <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, but even the Little Mermaid game is really fun. Like it had, it was a, you know, a, a, a you had total mobility. Like it had a total Z axis because you were underwater, mm-hmm. and that was really neat. Like there were always really neat kind of these mechanics uh, to these games. Um, so it was really, it was really cool. You know, when, when, when this came out, it was just, it was a, a really good time for high quality Nintendo games. You know, people pretty much mastered the software, uh, or the hardware and, and could crank stuff like this out. And that's, and that's so weird because like along with that kind of intersection between licensed games and good games, it was a great time to be a kid and like games too. Right. Yeah. Because when you went to the store and you saw like, oh, gosh, I like DuckTales or, oh, gosh, I like that whatever intellectual property that is, you know, that, that that is based off of. Chances are you were going to get a good game out of it. Exactly. Whereas now, if like you're a kid and you like, you know, I mean, I guess like, if you, you know, you like uh, like the Pokemon toys, like those are so good games. But if you yeah. like Bakugan, you're going to get like, <laughs> you know, some shovelware, you know, Bakugan challenge or some bullshit like that. Yeah. It's just going to be be garbage, you or, know, or, or like any game that is based on like a Pixar movie, like that. Like to me, that, yeah. that 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 strikes me as like a huge tragedy that there's never been a good game based off of a Pixar movie, right? Like, right. I, I, I mean, I would love to play an up game where it just challenges to see how long you can cry without without passing out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like <laughs> tap a to love wife. Um, yeah, infertile, infertile. <laughs> so. so. Um. But, uh, but, yeah, and it also it kind of speaks to how big Disney was, too, at the time. Yeah. Like, Pixar is really big now, too, but Disney was, was a juggernaut at this time, like, with, like, you know, cartoons and, and everything. It wasn't unusual. You know, it would have been weird if the games weren't good. Yeah. Because it would be, you know, based on where Disney was just kind of in the cultural pantheon. Like, there were, you know, that's what that was kids. Like, kids were Disney kids, you know, like. Right. And there's something we talked about about Darkwing Duck, which is also a really good game. But that was kind of like there's kind of you know things for everybody. Like Ducktales was a little kiddier, um, Darkwing Duck was a little darker, and and uh, you know obviously inspired by Batman. Mm-hmm. 
you know the whole thing so it just kind of they you know i this is the that's the only the only thing i like about disney like i don't i don't <laughs> like disney very much i'll, I'll state a, a controversial opinion here is that i'm not a big fan of pixar movies like okay. i think Coraline is better than every pixar movie mm-hmm. and should have won won that award i think spirited away is better than every pixar movie like mm-hmm. i'm not that into them but at this point in time like this was when disney was at their at their top and this is what i like about them like this, this the DuckTales Nintendo game is my favorite thing that Disney's ever been associated with. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the Duck Man game. <laughs> but, Jason, but Jason Alexander is <laughs> holding out. God, is that that show is ugly. It's, like when you watch it, it, it's supposed to be, but it's so unpleasant. Yeah, like, it's just like everything you, you like, I feel like like corrupted by watching it. Like you should you should just watch it in the shower. Like it's so disgusting. <laughs> Like, ugh. Wait, who told you I watched that in the shower? No. Um, <laughs> you have to wonder how Disney came in contact with Capcom to do this, because that seems like such an unlikely alliance to me. I think it probably it speaks of speaks well of them, because when everyone else was was kind of I felt like, you know, probably saving a lot of money by, you know, having companies like Acclaim, you know, do their games like Acclaim had to be a cheaper studio to hire than Capcom. You know, or to, to be in touch with. Um, I that actually that speaks an amazing amount of ignorance on my part because I you know for all I know Capcom I guess Capcom probably wanted it was probably the opposite right like when Capcom contacted Disney to get the licensing rights maybe I don't know and who who knows why are we even talking about this well no but I, <laughs> this I, is the but we've ever sounded <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is it's just it, it's such an unlikely combination that resulted in you know what i would call the third best mega man game on the nes totally yeah it is a magical (laughs) you know know? a a magical uh magical combination um yeah this game is just great go out and and play it um you know google the rom um play it i i love it it's definitely in my top 10 nintendo games it's one of my all-time favorite platformers yeah. It's really accessible. It's, I mean, it shares a special place in my heart because I love, you know, if, if it wasn't clear in the actual body of the episode, I love games with interesting traversal, mm-hmm. you know, you know, kind of like Bionic Commando, um, also Capcom, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, anything that made getting around, you know, a joy, you know, like something new and something novel aside from run, run, run right, get shiny, like it immediately, right. it immediately like endears itself to me. Right, yeah. right. There's, I mean, there's a couple of, like I, I like games like that too, and I'll I'll tolerate kind of a bad game for things like that. Like there's a Nintendo game that's called something like The Adventures of Rad Gravity, <laughs> where like the the mechanic is that you switch gravity or you there are gravity switches where you walk on the ceiling. Or actually, that happens in MC Kids too, um, or Mick Kids. And like I'd, I'd play Mick Kids because sometimes you turn gravity upside down and it's really neat. Like I, I'm I'm 100 with you on that. But yeah, this, this is, it, it's it's a super amazing game. It's just really fun to play. I mean, I, I throwing around gaming cliches like it's just fun to move around. Everything feels right, you know. It, yeah. It's super good. So the only negative things that I can say about it are really are really just kind of products of the the, the time. Like I always forget how bad Flickr is. Yeah, in yeah. NES games until I go back and play one. And Flickr and there's a bit of slowdown too. Yeah. Um, and that's that's consistently in the, the same spots that can be really annoying where you can't see your your sprite yeah, and it's not as bad as like in the uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles game <laughs> no where, no where where you you only see your character half the half the time <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's not it's not that bad but it is annoying um that the backtracking is dumb like the going back to transylvania stuff was pretty dumb it's not again it's pretty forgivable because you don't have to spend very much time 
doing it, but it's a little bit dumb. Yeah. Tell me, when you pick this game back up, like, do you always forget how to pogo at first and have to like mess around in the Amazon to remember how to do it? No, you know, when uh, we'll talk about it when we talk about our, our first memory, or, you know, our first impressions of this game. But I, you know, I've put in for a game that you can beat in an hour. I probably put like, you know, 30 hours into it in my life. Like <laughs> I played this game a lot when I was young. So it, it is bicycle like for me. OK, I, I have I have not. But we'll get to that. <laughs> So do you want to take um, just a couple minutes and talk about DuckTales 2 before we get into uh or do you want to add where do you want to put that? Um we we can we can put it in. We can, we we can make it right. make it a segment. I I can't I can't lie to you, Gary. I haven't played it. <laughs> no that, that's okay. Yeah. I I just there's there's a couple I mean it will just take a couple minutes, but it's okay. worth pointing out the uh the things that DuckTales 2 did that are a little different. Okay. Um DuckTales 2, you know, it, it came out fairly rapidly after DuckTales 1 and uh you know, but a couple of the years that took place between were very important. So the uh, the Super Nintendo was out. Um, people were not that interested in, in the Nintendo anymore. And it's really more of the same. Um, they make some some interesting kind of innovations in DuckTales, too, though. Um, one of the things is that there is a, a shop system. So with your money, after every stage, you can, you can buy things. Um, like health refills, if you lost health, you can buy extra lives. You can buy um, additional health totals, you know, kind of heart pieces, the equivalent. Um, so that's pretty neat. That's a that's a, an improvement, I would say. Um, and they do a thing where they add utility to your your cane. So you um, one of the things you can do is use it to hook onto to things and pull them. So there are a couple of puzzles where you have to do that. Um, there are there's an interesting thing where you um, there are inflatable rafts that you golf club into into the water. And it's jutted up against the wall, and then you use the golf club to push yourself off the wall to propel the the rowboat or the the raft. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun. One of the the worst things about it, though, that they do um, is that you run into uh, Gyro Gearloose, who is the the inventor Puffin or whatever the fuck. Uh, duck, yeah, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, du- Scrooge McDuck's uh, on house. Uh, his Lucius Fox. Yeah, his Q. Um, yeah, exactly. His Q. And he gives you upgrades to your to your cane that allow you to smash certain blocks that you can't smash ordinarily. Oh no! Which just adds a lot of like backtracking. Like you end up in a level, there are some some walls you can't get through, or some treasure chests you can't get to. You have to come back once you get a certain upgrade, and that's that's unnecessary and, and annoying. And the music is is one hundred percent unmemorable. Um, that's so. Too bad. It's very similar. I, the ROM I, I played it um, also had a, an ungetaroundable glitch, where where one of the levels would not uh, would not load. It would just it was dark screen with just the music. Are you are you sure that that wasn't a problem with the game itself? Yeah, I think I feel like I would have read about it and what oh, yeah. I've read about Ducktales too if it had like a super game breaking thing like yeah. that. So you know, it wasn't. I liked it. It's it's fun if you're just kind of hungry for more Ducktales. Go out and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't enough for me to go hunting around for other ROMs to beat it. Did, did all that extra stuff? Did 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 it feel like it was kind of gilding the lily a little bit? To to you know all of the mechanic stuff I thought was good, okay. like the uh, the way that you use your your cane to pull things and stuff like that. Where that was used was pretty pretty clever. Uh-huh. I like that. The uh, the power ups on the cane I thought were were unnecessary. 
and kind of shitty. But the the actual the mechanical changes were were a little clever. I thought were clever. Yeah, I, I like the idea of giving money utility um, and adding a little bit of capitalism uh, to the game uh, because that is the moral of anything involving Scrooge McDuck. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Making it more than just a score, but everything else, it kind of seems like I, I just I, I feel like Ducktales is right where it's at. So. Yeah, it's 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 undeniably worse. Like it, it it is a worse game, but the first game is so good. Like if this if all we got was Ducktales two, yeah, we'd probably still be talking about it because it would you know we we would still do you know it still would have the mechan the pogo mechanics and everything and yeah. uh, you know the kind of this design and everything would still be would be similar. It'd still be excellent. Yeah, it's just this game is just that much more excellent. I think that's a good takeaway. Yeah, and kind of, and kind of just a minor uh, postscript as far as different versions of the game. And mm -hmm. I just read this in preparing for this, um, is that the Game Boy version apparently has uh, different. The levels are the same kind of skin on them, but they have different uh, layouts. Oh, because sure. of the screen size. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it's and like kind the... of drastically different. Like the levels are a little bit more maze-like and and bigger. So it's yeah. apparently kind of a different experience. Kind of like the yeah, the Game Boy Mega Man games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're if you're a DuckTales completist and you've got three hours to kill, uh, complete the entire series on three different systems. Yeah. And then write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now that we've kind of covered the game in general, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, first, your first experiences with this. I think that we both have a lot of uh, ties to nostalgia. I think we were both exposed to this at a, at a good age when we were, yeah. we were younger. Yeah, with me, I, I, I can't quite place. It definitely wouldn't have been when it first came out because I was um, three. <laughs> um, but I, I my remember... first memories of this were gnawing on it as my teeth came in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but strangely enough, we lived in a trailer park, but they could afford to buy me NES games as teething rings. No, um, but I remember going. You know, just you know, you live you live in a trailer park and you form roving gangs of free you know free range children and you you know roam from house to house comparing video game collections you know one person would have the gi joe game the other people like oh my gosh is that mario 3 yes it is and then mm -hmm. uh the one person who lived up around the bend for me they had uh they had ducktails mm -hmm. and i remember going when i and my first experiences uh straight to the moon and only staying at the moon because i love the idea of being on the moon yeah totally if you have that that list of locations like uh, an african mine like you know and then and then the moon you know i guess transylvania would be a close second but any any kids looking at that list like you're you're making the obvious choice right there like i probably couldn't even like recognize what those places were like i didn't know about the inherent majesty and uh and just and just grace of the himalayas at that age <laughs> so <laughs> uh, <yeah>. so <laughs> So so yeah, um, my, my my other experience, if I can hog the floor, I mean, aside, aside from that, I had a book um, that my uncle gave me. It was called uh, Nintendo's like Secrets of the Sages or something like that, or Secret of the, of the Nintendo Sages. You can buy it on Amazon for like forty cents now, but uh, mm -hmm. my copy is well worn and beaten and held together with masking tape, and it had walkthroughs of uh, of several games. In fact, I referenced it uh, for. <laughs> <laughs> for my playthrough on this that's um, awesome yeah but it was you know just like it had like bionic commando and zelda and like ultima 4 i think in it and wizardry and 
stuff like that. And so, you know, one of, one of my big kind of, you know, pastimes, and I would even say like the way that I learned to read was I had this, I had this book that had these little black and white pictures of games that I liked. And instead of getting like bedtime stories read to me, I would have my, my grandma or my mom read me, um, either from this book or like Sonic the Hedgehog manuals. That's adorable. <laughs> so this, so this book, I mean, it seriously is. It's like it's like a keepsake, and you know, this had a little Ducktales walkthrough that I read, you know, multiple times before I, you know, ever actually played and completed the game. I I, I like uh, guide material like that too. Like I was definitely like that when I was younger, but even now, like if I'm at a thrift store, I'll keep an eye out for like video game guides for games that I that I have or like. They're only a couple bucks. Like I've got the whole Fallout series. Yeah. In, in in multiple guide forms, oh, wow. you know, different companies because they, you know, mo- those ones mostly because they, you know it's my favorite game series and they also do uh, weird things like you know one of them will take the form of like, you know, a, a settler, you know, settling out in in post apocalyptic land and his diaries, you know, things like that. There's little yeah. flavor things, but even beyond that, like I always I did similar things. That's that's kind of the point of Nintendo Power too. Mm-hmm. Not the point of, but like you'd get a Nintendo Power and it wasn't like you're going to be able to afford all those games. Yeah. So, you know, if a game looked interesting, like I, I remember reading um, uh, the guide for Nightshade, which is a pretty, pretty rock bottom Nintendo game. But I, I read the guide for it because it looked really cool and noir, um, you know, a bunch of different times. Yeah, I collect strategy guides. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, no, that, that's fine. <laughs> I, I've got a bunch of them. Like, I, I like them. So yeah. I'm I'm sympathetic to that. Oh. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, it's kind of ridiculous in the age of the Internet, <laughs> but I, I like them. Yeah, I've know, got so. Uh, how about you? What was your first experience? Yeah, I, I, this game is really um, tied to game rentals with me. Um, when I was, uh, you know, fairly young, my parents divorced, and I would spend uh, every other weekend and then summers at my dad's house in Aurora. Um, before eventually he kind of uh, took off and and moved, you know, in the middle of the night, and I haven't talked to him then. But before that, um, he was around, and uh, this was a game that I used to to rent a lot, and. Uh, you know, I can't, I don't, you know, I feel like I probably saw it in a Nintendo Power. It was probably the first time I saw it. But this was one of those games where I, I probably rented this enough time to buy it like three times over. <laughs> and, and, and it's still, you know, every, every weekend, like there would, I would rent other things if this wasn't in. Like, uh-huh. like, you know, I, I rented this, I would like, I, my mom would give me, you know, four bucks to, to rent uh, a couple games for the weekend. And I would do something new and then DuckTales and kind of literally played it, you know, three three or four times a summer for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, just because it was, it was so much fun you know and then you know it was one of those things too where the uh you know that my that i had notes in the manual like you know one of the one of the best things about renting games is, is you get that pass on from from other people but the yeah. notes in the manual for me were from me oh that's cool. and that was really cool like i just you know, would rent this i was like and you know other people had rented it in between and i could only assume they were <laughs> you know, reading about, you know, my, my, where I said the secret wall is and stuff like that. So that was just really, you know, kind of heartening and awesome to me as, as a youngster. Also, I had this weird curse where like, you know, I, I rent two games and if, uh, uh, you know, the one, the one I rented other than the DuckTales during this, this summer or two summers would usually be pretty good, but whatever one, if DuckTales was already rented out and I had to rent two games, that game would be really shitty. Like it would be like, you know, Magmax. <laughs> or um or like battle of olympus or something and it would just be like a bad game oh man i miss game rentals yeah i i love uh love video game rental the renting uh things like it's not like doing gamefly is not fun 
Um, you don't get to sit there and like pick through them. And and because of like video game rentals, I played all kinds of weird games I wouldn't have otherwise played. Like you know they weren't good. Like I would never would have played through like Paladin's Quest <laughs> if it wasn't for game rentals. Like what you described with Ducktales, like pretty much exactly describes me with Mega Man two and then ultimately Final Fantasy two. You know, spending more money on the rental than I would have if I just mm-hmm. bought the game outright. Yeah, it can it can definitely be be worth it. It's yeah. just kind of it's pretty much like the rent a center. <laughs> it's like a, ultimately that end table. You know, you'd pay less for it, but sometimes you can only afford seven ninety five a week to have an end table. You know, <laughs> some place to rest my beverage. Yeah, yeah, to rest your your gallon of of uh, code red. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it sounds like it sounds like it. You know, it was, it was a very important game to you as a youngin. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was, I I love this love this game. Yeah, as young. It's also like just in a meta way, like really fun to do it for the podcast because it's so like short and like pure, you know, pure fun. Like not really heavy on challenge, not really heavy on deep thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not not to make us sound overly pretentious, but it's nice to do so, to do a game that's just easy and fun. Right. You know. So yeah. it's a nice palate cleanser after, uh, you know, uh, the Final Fantasy VI and, long. And, and Metroid hard. Yeah, Metro- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So now that, now that you've heard what we have to say about the DuckTales NES game, um, we'd like to hear what you have to say. Um, there's a decent amount of conversation about this game, but it's not controversial so there wasn't a lot of you know there were a lot of people kind of chiming in you know just like ducktales exclamation <laughs> point but not too much uh to actually say about it so it's it's definitely a well-loved game but it wasn't nearly as provocative or any as uh some games we've done in the past have been but we do have a couple of of uh statements we'd like to read here as usual the uh the the, the bulk of the intelligent conversation came from the video game podcast mega thread on something awful um not to say the other conversation wasn't intelligent i'm still going to just condescend to you no but <laughs> it, it, it just wasn't bulky yeah it just wasn't bulky it wasn't it wasn't yeah. uh it, it wasn't enough enough to read so just just so you know more more words equals better than yeah exactly even though we 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 said the exact opposite of that for the, the final <laughs> fantasy six responses so we're we're, we're 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 nothing if not hypocrites yes we're so. nothing if not fickle hypocrites fickle crits. We're, pati- we're particular bitches <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh, if you want to uh, participate in the conversation and uh, let us know what you think of the games we're playing and get on the air, uh, you can write us at Watch Out for Fireballs at DuckFeed.tv. Go to DuckFeed.tv slash contact. Hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Watch Out for Fireballs or uh, participate in that thread on the Something Awful forums, which we uh, always extend our uh, loving gratitude, gratitude towards. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, why don't you read what Ulta had to say? One of the things I noticed about playing DuckTales was it really required quick but methodical thinking. Most of the enemies were avoidable if you just took a deep breath and didn't try to rush through things. This was especially true of the bosses. You could beat them as long as you didn't try to get that extra cane to the face in. I also noticed that the bosses were significantly easier than the stages they came from. I really liked the Arctic stage that put the twist that if you tried to stick bounce on the snow, you get stuck. It was a neat twist on the mechanic that made that stage stand out. It's too bad that my least favorite stage, the Haunted House, Got reused not once, but twice. The last stage was a bit of a disappointment, and the final boss was not terribly challenging. Do you think that they just repressed the third time you had to go? Yeah, no, I, I wanted to. Not once, not twice, but thrice. <laughs> Any opportunity to say thrice, I usually take. Yeah. So, also, anytime um, I can say tertiary. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do. I do say tertiary, uh, whatever, whatever I can. Yeah. Um, those are all valid points. Yeah. And, uh, Although by I, liking the Himalayas, you, uh, you, you, you immediately disqualify yourself, Volta. <laughs> no, I, I, I like what he likes about the, uh, the Himalayas as well. Uh, it was a good point about that not getting greedy with the bosses thing because you do kind of a lot of them. The mechanic is kind of just to avoid them. You know, long enough to get this this shot in, and the enemy, the bad guys, have a temporary invincibility once you once you hit them, uh, um, much like the, the player does. Not the bad guys, but the bosses do at least. Yeah. And uh, you do sometimes have to to parse out, or uh, uh, you know, how often you're going to try to hit them in your window. So. And I, and I like anybody that kind of like draws attention to the contrast between the difficulty of a boss fight and the stage that preceded it. Because that is something where I've never seen a game that did it well, or if they did do it well, I didn't notice it, and that was kind of the point, I guess. But you know, just to either either the level itself is really easy and the boss is way too hard, or the level is way too hard and the boss is uh, incredibly easy. Um, yeah, difficulty-wise, it's hard to get that to be a steady ramp. Yeah, um, there's there's definitely like there's you know appropriate bosses, like there are bosses at the end of a stage where they test you know, a mechanic that's introduced in the stage and they do that really well. But uh, as far as difficulty goes, you know, it is, it is difficult to f- get that balance. Why don't we move on to another one from the something mm-hmm. awful forums? This is by forums user Hong Kong, who did uh, mm-hmm. instruct us on how to pronounce uh, his or her name. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to read that here because I thought it was pretty astute as well. Hey, Waff guys, as I played DuckTales, I came to a shocking conclusion. One that may rock you to the bone, nay, to the very <laughs> core. I added, I added that part. I say that DuckTales is a better Metroidvania game than Metroid Fusion. No, I'm not kidding. Think about it. You go to the mine and you find you need a key from the haunted house. Or you go to the moon uh, when you pass by an entrance that you need Gizmo Duck to clear so you can go past it until you need to find an item that you need. Or the fact that at the end of the game you uh, has you revisiting the earlier area, the haunted house, where you uh, meet the end boss. Seriously, though. DuckTales stands pretty much in a class of maybe 10 games total that are good licensed games worth playing. The music is outstanding. The theme from the moon is amazing. The controls are completely tight. And the stage design is pretty darn good. If other licensed games had one-tenth the love put into this that this game did, they wouldn't have such a stigma. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that On that last point. Yeah. On that. I think calling this a Metroidvania, um, you know, is only valid because of the hazy definition <laughs> definition of Metroidvania. Like, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, I like. I think it's a better game than Metroid Fusion by a country mile. <laughs> but the uh, the Metroidvania elements are pretty pretty minimal. It's not inarguable that there there aren't elements to it. But yeah, yeah, there, there, it, there's there's DNA there. Although I don't think Hong Kong was being entirely sincere. Yeah, I know. I, I just. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, saying, but it's not it's not totally outside of the uh, the realm of, yeah. of reason. Yeah, you could you could see somebody writing a paper about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you can see me writing a paper on it on my webcam. <laughs> <laughs> paper dot is the um, so the uh, yeah, but I I, I agree with that. Um, there are neat elements, and it is definitely like uh, it does buck that trend you're talking about with the the license games. All right, Cole and I are going to head to Antarctica, kill the local king, and come back with the snow slippers of deliberation and let you know who wins this contest. So uh, having murdered the Ice Queen, um, we have now acquired the slippers of deliberation, and uh, we have decided to give the game to Alta, 
Um, they are both good comments. I would hazard to say uh, equally good comments. But uh, Hong Kong won last episode. So <laughs> we, we, uh, we're, we want to, to give it to We're going to give it to Ulta. And Ulta, what you win is a copy of the next game that we're going to be playing, if you so choose. That game is Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, uh, which was originally for the PlayStation, but you can find uh, either on the PlayStation Network, on Good Old Games, or on Steam. So uh, get, in contact, get in contact with us and let us know which, uh, which one of those you would prefer to have that on. Absolutely. Um, after that, we are playing Silent Hill 2. Uh, this coincides with the HD re-release of that game. It's uh, going to be my first time playing through it. I'm incredibly excited to play the survival horror classic, mm. a genre that I love. Cole is excited to play a game that he's played 40 times already <laughs> and, and with slightly... Uh, Slightly better graphics. Um, and then after that, we're going to be playing uh, Blood Omen, Legacy of Kane. Uh, that one, so far as I know, is only available on the PlayStation Network for uh, roughly 10 smackeries. There's a PC port of it that I found on Abandonware sites, but I've never gotten it to work. Ah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so definitely, um, you know, just uh, grab that on the PlayStation Store. Um, I remember that game being very good, but I am coming into it with rose-tinted glasses. It might be shit. So you might get to hear a Metroid Fusion style uh, game dismissal if you like that kind of thing. Um, or we will rediscover a classic. Who knows? So, that's only time will tell. <laughs> then after that, we're going to be doing a uh, double stacked uh, classic of Planescape Torment. Yep. Rounding out our uh, we do games based on every pen and paper RPG. <laughs> we had to do a Dungeons and Dragons one and we're doing Torment. Um, it's going to be the entire month of April. Uh, I'm doing an evil playthrough for my first time, mm -hmm. and that is incredibly exciting for me because it is uh, it's difficult to be evil in that game because it is very well written. Um, it is also the first Infinity Engine game we're doing, which is my favorite video game engine. Oh. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but <laughs> I love the Infinity Engine. I, so. I love that we're has has opinions about video game engines, people. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, it is definitely definitely my favorite. Yeah. And uh, I think that they, so if we're announcing games that far in advance, we announced these all last episode and uh -huh. we're announcing a new game each time. Um, after that, we're going to be doing uh, EVO The Search for Eden, which is a Super Nintendo game. Um, it is another one that is unfairly unavailable <laughs> through uh, regular means. So please reference the uh, PSA at the beginning of this episode yes. <laughs> um, for our feelings on that in general. But uh, for EVO, I think it is fine to Google it. Um, this game is awesome. If you never played, this is one of the most unique games I've ever played. It is a, a it's a platformer, um, but the gimmick of it is evolution. So you start out as a tiny fish, and you, um, through getting experience points, you choose the ways that you evolve going through the different periods of animals. So you start out as a fish, and then become kind of a lizard, and then a, a dinosaur, and then a mammal, and ultimately you can become a human. Um, are you trying to trick me into playing Spore, Gary? It it is <laughs> it is it is uh, all the it is not all the promises of Spore. Okay, but it it doesn't it doesn't have as wide of a scope, and that is why it is better. <laughs> um, it is not flawless. It is a it is a flawed game, but it is, the things it tries to do are so awesome. Like it is definitely in that Call of Cthulhu Vampire Bloodlines flawed masterpiece. Um, kind of section. Being that I had never heard about it until you recommended it, I am excited to play it. As, as a right-thinking liberal person, um, you will like a game that uh, evolution is the core mechanic and not, you know, in a Pokemon kind of way, but literally like, you know, different kinds of fins and different kinds of jaws adapt better to different situations oh. as the core mechanic. So I, I, I am confident that you will... 
find that part of it incredibly interesting and then be annoyed by some of the things like, um, you know, the fact that you're not invincible for very long after you get hit. Ah, so some yeah. losses are nightmares. But uh, hmm. very, very cool game. Cool. Well, I think all of those are cool games. I don't think that there's a one among them that I'm not excited about, as you said. So, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're trying to keep the streak going and we want to get your input as well as to uh, what, we, what you would like to see us play uh, as we go forward into uh, the second, you know, kind of quarter of the year, the second half of the year, um, as we approach our, you know, year of being in, the, you know, of, of being podcasters of doing this thing. So, you know, you can get in contact with us many ways to recommend games and a lot of people have and they are being added to the queue as we speak. But uh, you heard a lot of those at the beginning of the of the of the listener participation segment. Uh, all I'll say is email, contact, Facebook, um, and our voicemail, which is four one nine eight three four W O F F. That is not toll free, but hey, the podcast is. The, the podcast is totally free. If you if you are feeling the uh, the urge to give back, um, we you know we do not want your money, but we would love it if you uh, help spread the word about the show. Um, we do not have an entity behind us. It's not a magazine or, or a website even really. So the only way that we can get new listeners is uh, through buying expensive advertising that we can't afford or uh, through through your help. So if you can if you rate the show or review the show on iTunes, it helps us out. If you tell your friends, if you write a blog about it, if you tell your you know people on Facebook to check out the show, all those things help us out immensely. Join the and, street uh, team. Hand out our zine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're playing a show later. Um, it's free for girls. Um, so if, if you want to help us out with a lady, uh, ladies' night yeah. and the, uh, the the this podcast, uh, please <laughs> this do podcast. so. Yes, ladies' night of this podcast. That is the kind. That is the kind of eloquent on your think on your feet thinking that you can look forward to if you support us. No, I just I just like uh, I just like that idea as a as an email address. Ladies night at this podcast. Yeah, that's pretty good. The ladies night podcast. Yeah, there we go. We talk about all kinds of things that ladies are traditionally interested in. Yeah, pronunciation of difficult names, appreciation of the Himalayas, ducks. Yeah. Yeah, ducks. <laughs> the finer points of Dragon Quest 2. Yeah. Um <laughs> call back to something that will be cut from the episode. Oh, most certainly. And, yeah, the um so yeah, and uh, yeah, if uh, if you know, in addition to doing all those things, um, the one thing you can do that is is most important is uh, most important thing you can do is watch out for fireballs. One of the things that's kind of neat is you can choose the order in which you you attack the five let levels. <clears throat> Let me take that again. Lettles. Lettles, yeah. You attack the five ladles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one will stop our subocracy. Um, <laughs> yeah.